welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-hosts. She is pure illusion and does not exist. The Earth is my witness, Whitney Nelson. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's and cool one. it's Evan. He's bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> oh, I have a bunch more. I, I, I'll experiment with maybe dropping another one in for you. It, it, you'll still have, give me a couple reactions that are like, uh, give me a couple better reactions right now. You ready? I said a good one. Ready? <laughs> Evan Wells. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Now here's a, here's a sadder one. Evan Wells. Oh, come on, man. Great. So now we have both. We have a lot of takes, and I, I'm not going <laughs> to drop a new one in. We're just going to leave this as yeah. is. I'm such a good voice actor, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely think about it as something worth pursuing for sure. For Pretty sure. interesting that Whitney was like right off the bat as some kind of goddess, and I'm just a broke ass. <laughs> cool. I guess it's uh-huh. it's it's all right though. If we were just measuring on podcasts. Just as many okay. podcasts as 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 you two do, then Whitney internet internet presence. Yeah, th- mm-hmm. then we you know it's pretty pretty much. And then it's accurate. Yeah, right there, right there. <laughs> Today uh, we have a really interesting film that I was a little worried about last week, but uh, my 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 concerns have been kind of washed away. We're talking about Little Buddha this week. An ancient legend. An American family. A prince in search of truth. A master in quest of a miracle. So you're here in Seattle to find someone? Yes. We are looking for his reincarnation. But now we think he might have been reborn right here as your son. Honey, I need a scotch. Mm. So do I. Have they found him? Perhaps. From acclaimed director Bernardo Bertolucci, creator of The Last Emperor, comes an extraordinary story about an incredible adventure. The plot synopsis from IMDb is as follows. After the death of Lama Dorje, Tibetan Buddhist monks find three children, one American and two Nepalese, who may be the rebirth of their great teacher. Co-starring in this movie... (laughs) Are many names I apologize in advance for butchering. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Ruo Chang Ying, Chris Isaac, Alex Wisendanger, Raju Lal, Grishma Makar Singh, Sogyal Rinposh, and Bridget Fonda. A couple of those are pretty easy and straightforward. Other ones. Sure. Bridget Fonda, I can get. Right. <laughs> right. Comfortable I, with that. I feel like I nailed that one. <laughs> So, critical and audience reception on this one. Um, super interested, Whitney, to hear what you think in terms of how this was received and if you think these scores are accurate. 68% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 53% audience score. And honestly, I would have thought it the other way around, personally. Okay. I hmm. think that hmm. it was like... I don't want to jump into talking about the movie and everything so fast, but I think that while it was a very pretty movie, it didn't say very much. And I think that 
critics giving it a higher score than the audience is surprising to me because usually I feel like when movies are pretty but don't audience reviews it better than critics do when critics are looking for more meaning to it. Yeah, um, interesting. So I, I think that around 50% is about what I was expecting. Like if if you had told me to just blind guess what the average score would be, the, the critics being that much higher than the audience, though. Hmm, interesting. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think I agree. It's actually generally uncommon, right, to, to have critics be higher. Even outside of pretty movies, hmm, that would be. An I don't interesting know. Thing. I don't. I don't think I've tracked that. I I have stuff in front of us right here. So let's see. Uh, Dangerous liaisons critics were higher. Bill and Ted's oh. Excellent Adventure critics were higher. Parenthood is true, and it looks like uh, you might be right for the most part for the rest of the movies. So uh, yeah, gotcha. that, that tracks. That tracks. So I have these. User critic quotes here. Janet Maslin, I pull her quotes quite often. New York Times, three out, uh, three and a half out of five stars. She says, a crazily mesmerizing pop artifact that ranks alongside Herman Hesse's novel, Siddhartha, in terms of extreme earnestness and quasi-religious entertainment value. I did not read that novel, but I assume that she knows what she's talking about there. <laughs> <laughs> And then Julie N. user gave it three stars, said, Enchanting! Children's roles were poorly written and detracted from the film! <laughs> there were uh, exclamation points on both of those sentences. And I read okay, it Thank you such. for pronouncing them, yes. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I think I might agree. I, I tend to agree with what she said there. It's tough with kids in movies. Almost unanimously, they can ruin a movie that is otherwise pretty good or great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But is that always the fault of the writing or, you know, in this case was, was the writing to blame, do you think, or was it the, you know, the acting, if you will? Mm. I think it was the writing in this case. Yeah. Yeah. I don't always think it's the writing. I often think it is the child, uh, the acting of the child. Uh, But in this case, I feel like it might've been the writing. It didn't, it didn't necessarily sound like kids. I don't know if that if that makes any yeah. sense. Like, I didn't get no, the impression that it was written from the perspective of a child. So it's like an adult mm-hmm. writing a child. So it's weird. In this next part, I uh, you saw in the notes right here, everybody. I'm, let's talk about religion for a second. Let's yeah. get oh boy. Let's get into let's this. Do it. So because oh I think God. it might add a little bit of context to this movie, which sure. um, you know really dives deep into now. I don't want to say that. It, I don't. I actually don't believe this movie dives too deep into Buddhism. But I don't think this movie dives too deep into anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> it uh, it gives you like a surface level kind of explainer about mm-hmm. Buddhism, sure. where we touch on a lot of tenets along the way, like a lot of the key principles of Buddhism. So I, I feel comfortable starting just kicking this off. So my experience mm-hmm. of like religion raised Roman Catholic. Uh, went to 12 years of Catholic school and not practicing anymore. But I, I think after having watched this and, and read a couple things that like Buddhism feels pretty good. It like feels like a glove that I would try on, right? Like, I yeah, don't know definitely. if I'd be able to stick to it, but I, 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 I'm picking up what they're putting down. Like we're vibing real hard, Buddhism and I. So um, it, I love the idea that it's all about the improvement of the self 
and reaching enlightenment. And it's not like focused on this central man in the sky. I don't want to be, <laughs> I'm already, yep. I've already yeah. come off as super disparaging. <laughs> I apologize. I don't mean to be. Uh, I just like, I'd like what everything that they're about. So that's me. That's me. Yeah, it, it's interesting. There's there's some thoughts out there that Buddhism isn't necessarily even a religion. It's more of a like a philosophy, yeah, or a, a, a mindset. You know, so uh, that that's kind of interesting in its own right because they're kind of I don't know if it was their choice to to be kind of framed that way, but they're getting away from that whole idea of you know guy in the sky kind of kind of stuff like you were saying. Yeah, and they have there are a couple different disciplines of it. I think like three main ones. This movie focuses on Tibetan Buddhism, which I think is probably the most pervasive, but there are like, yeah, as there are like different kind of sects of Catholicism, Buddhism yeah. has that same thing going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, half of my family is like Spanish Catholic. Okay. Like the Mexican side was very Catholic until my grandma got excommunicated. And there was, wow. so there's a lot of like core Catholicism on my dad's side that never really was a thing when I was growing up because my grandma had already been excommunicated. So the church was much less a part of everyone's lives. And then mm -hmm. on my mom's side too, but both of my parents don't believe in any religion. So I grew up very sort of agnostic, atheistic, um, but I was about seven years old and we were in that is red green colorblind but i didn't know this mm -hmm. and i was about seven years old and we were in a car and we were driving past a field of wildflowers and dad said look at all of those pretty blue flowers and they were all purple and he couldn't and it blew my tiny seven-year-old mind <laughs> <laughs> that someone could look at something that i was so 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 certain was one way and then that it was a with complete certainty just like a no, totally normal statement that it was a di different way and obviously now there's a lot that goes into it but just that one person's reality could be so different from another person's reality made me be years old i was like wait reality is subjective nothing is mm -hmm. real what's going on and i went down this whole loop for about Three or four years as a kid, I'm like seven, eight, nine years old reading books like Conversations with God and The Holy Man and wow. Tai Ching. I got very into Buddhism and Taoism because like, kind of like Andrew was saying, it, it's a philosophy and guidelines for life that make sense to me. They sort of vibe with a lot of the things that I believe um, And while there's some sort of sense of ritual there's not as much mysticism as there is in a lot of other organized religions. Now, this movie kind of plays up the mysticism angle with the story getting into Buddha and like that sort of thing leans a little bit heavier than the stuff that I was reading. And now, obviously, a lot of the stuff that I was reading was 90s new agey white person views <laughs> on stuff like Taoism and Buddha. Yeah. That's what I had access to as like a seven, eight, nine, ten year old kid when I was like in libraries and bookstores and stuff. But I did get very, very hard into figuring out like I wanted to figure out some things about the world by reading a bunch of different stuff from. A so I, I 
went went deep into all of that when I was a pretty young kid, just because I was like, what even is reality? <laughs> and I, I didn't really get anything from, I read the Bible. I didn't really get much from that that made sense to me in the way that like Buddhism and Taoism did. Mm-hmm. I, I went down that road. I studied, you know, some stuff about Judaism. I, I started reading about, you know, paganism. I really was like, I want to hear what everyone has to say about this because this is this is buck wild. <laughs> and uh, and so I ended up reading more about Buddhism and Taoism, but I, I don't currently like subscribe to any particular beliefs. But if I if I had to pick one, if they were like, you have to be very devout, pick something, probably Taoism is the way that I would go. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that that that, that lines up. I, I have a couple of these things here. Like the they, they have the five moral precepts, right? Mm-hmm. Of uh Buddhism. And it's you know, they took the five I, I don't want to say someone took one or the other, but it's basically five of the ten commandments, really, right? Yeah. Don't kill, don't steal, don't be a sexual deviant, misconduct, whatever you want to characterize that as, don't lie. And this one is it is actually not a commandment. Don't, the use of drugs and alcohol. So uh, you know, don't I don't know. I think that probably goes into the self-indulgence side of things. The Buddhists are all about that. And it's said in the movie, the middle way, right? The Mm -hmm. don't self-deny, don't self-indulge, kind of moderate there. Mm -hmm. Ev, what is, uh, if you're into it, you don't have to. Would you like to give a little bit of background? Because this movie is about the journey, kind of, of these people being convinced or kind of coming around to the idea of this other way of doing things. Yeah, and I actually like that theme of the movie, like people having realizations into other ways of life. Um, I, like you, Andrew, raised a Roman Catholic. Um, I went to 10 years of Catholic school, uh, got out, if you will, quote unquote, <laughs> for uh, my last two years of high school, went to public school. Um, and, I, you know, we were raised religious, but it was never, it wasn't really like devout, you know, it wasn't like we prayed at home together outside of, you know, like grace before dinner, right. It was just kind of, you went to church on Sunday, you did that thing, but it felt like once you left that building, there wasn't that sense of kind of remaining religious outside of being a good person. Um, So I think that there's kind of those, at least two schools there of kind of how, people approach Catholicism and probably other religions as well. Um, You you know, you have to bear in mind when you're in Catholic school, you're kind of bombarded with Catholicism all day and prayer and that stuff. Um, (laughs) But I I did the whole thing. I mean, I was, I was very, I did it all. I was, I played drum set in the, in the church band. I, I was an altar boy. Like I, you know, I did all that. Um, But, you know, I stopped going to church in college, which I think a lot of people do. Um, and then now it's kind of, I consider myself kind of agnostic, which I think is an interesting way to look at things. It's, it's an idea of, I know that there's probably something, um, that's making that, that, that I should subscribe to just for the purposes of maybe mental clarity, or if I need to get, get rid of some burden, 
Yeah. Um, but I don't know what that is. And I don't think anyone should really be so um, aggressive might be the wrong word, but be, be so hardened into the idea that like no other God can exist except mine. Um, so that's what kind of sticks with me. And I consider myself a, a spiritual person, but not necessarily um, religious, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. I, I get that uh, in a big way. The the idea that the religion, you, you have to kind of, I mean, not everybody does, I assume, but the fact that where you're born determines this factor about you pretty much is something that deserves a critical eye. Like if you were sure. born in America, you're probably going to be Catholic, maybe Jewish. You know, mm-hmm. if you're born over in the Middle East, you're going to be Muslim, maybe also Jewish. Like it's all kind of location based. So, you know, you're just inheriting this situation kind of, but mm-hmm. it's always great to break out and take a look at what else is out there and whatever kind of fits your model of the world. Like when they did the thing in this movie with the, I can't remember which character it was. Maybe Dorje, he does the thing with the teacup. You know, he puts the tea oh, yeah. in the cup and he breaks the cup and it's like, oh, it's still tea. It's, and I'm like, that's it. That for me, I was like, that is it right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can get behind that idea. So uh, yeah, that's, that's great. I thought that would be kind of an interesting exercise to see where we're all coming from when we approach this movie, which I have to assume that this director, uh, Bernardo, he probably had his own kind of experience with Buddhism and wanted to make a movie about it. That's, it kind of feels like an earnest attempt to like, get pe- Hey, check this out. It's cool. Check it out. Check it out. <laughs> like I yeah, said, it's not too right. deep, but it, it seems earnest enough. I think the only thing that this movie did well, as far as actually sort of espousing ideas is the way that death was that death is such a uh, fact and a reality and a driving part of the plot. I think Mm -hmm. everything else that they did was pretty surfacey, but I do think that the way that they handled death and the way that they didn't shy away from talking kids and the way that the the Buddhists talked about death and all that sort of thing was was probably some of the most spiritual depth that was in the movie. Yeah, for sure. I think everything else was, was a very very sort of cool version of Buddhism. <laughs> right. And that's, uh, I, I think that's probably, I, I, we'll get more into that in a, I think when, on our actual official thoughts, but yeah, yeah, I have a lot to say about that too. And then just, I had a couple other things that I put here in the notes that I'll link them in the show notes about the succession here. And then it's definitely worth watching John Oliver actually interviewed the Dalai Lama maybe last year, maybe about that time, about how complicated this situation is. And mm-hmm. it's addressed in this movie where, like, the the assistant, you know, the assistant, uh, I'm, I'm messing up the words here, he'll die. And then the Dalai Lama finds him, the, pan, the panka, the pancha, I believe, or something like that. And then that person has to find the new Dalai Lama. Suffice it to say... It's very convoluted now, and it's very political, <laughs> but it's definitely right. worth watching. So that's pretty That's pretty great, pretty great. And then one shout out to fakebuddhaquotes.com, because I came across that. <laughs> and it's hilarious. Nice. How many people ascribe quotes to Buddha that are simply not anything that he ever said? So wow. wow, that's go, kind of a bummer. There's a, yeah, it's definitely... You know, you'll, you're, my heart was broken multiple times uh, reading. I was like, oh, 
That's bad. <laughs> Damn it. All right. So, okay. I think we can, with all that out of the way, let's let's get into if this movie actually worked for any of us. Ev, this is yours. Do you want to start yeah. or pick somebody? I sure. Mean, yeah, go for it. Um, so, I don't know. I got like a little torn on this movie because like we've talked about, I really kind of liked what they were bringing to light. Even if, even if it wasn't as thorough or as in depth as it could have been to kind of, if you really wanted to showcase Buddhism, Mm -hmm. um, I liked the, what I hope was the attempt, which was to shine a little bit of light on, um, a, a a religion, you know, which is, I guess what, what, what it's called in that not many in our culture are up to speed on. So that's always cool in a movie, right? When I can learn something or, or see something that I'm, I'm not necessarily well versed in. Um, I like the plot. I liked, I liked the idea behind this plot that, you know, they obviously they leaned in pretty hard on reincarnation um, and rebirth. And that was, that was interesting how they made it very real. And at, at a point in the beginning, you're kind of, thinking like that's ridiculous that there's some random kid in Seattle is, is the rebirth of, of someone that was your teacher. And that's like your initial thought, which is probably what they want. But then slowly throughout the movie, you're thinking you're kind of, um, you're kind of, uh, what is the term? Not telegraphing, but, but kind of trying to turn that kid into this teacher. Right as you're watching the movie, you're like, you're looking at that kid now through a different lens. That's like, Oh yeah, he, he does have a certain trait or he is saying a certain thing that it's making sense. Like maybe, maybe he is the, the old teacher or maybe he is the reincarnation. So that was, that was exciting. Um, character development was, eh. <laughs> I was particularly unimpressed with um, the boy's parents from an acting perspective. Definitely Oof. the father. The father was like Oof, hard, worthless. hard to watch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously an original story. I think that goes without saying, I, I haven't seen something like this elsewhere. Um, technically, it was impossible not to notice how hard they went on using color as the <laughs> differentiator. First note. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit. I mean, Seattle was as blue as you could get. Yeah. Um, and and that was interesting. But there's there's thought behind that, obviously. And then Keanu... I don't know. Is it, this is the second time we've kind of seen him try to be another race, uh, which was interesting again, interesting all over again. Yeah. Um, but weirdly, he kind of had the look in 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 the sense that as as good as they could do with someone like Keanu to make him look like a young Buddha. <laughs> well, he is he is part Asian. Okay. Right. So, so it's, it's not South Asia, but he is part Asian. Let's just put it this way. As relevant for the casting as Ben Kingsley was for Gandhi. <laughs> That's a great comparison. Ben Kingsley has some Asian in his background, but is yeah. predominantly yeah. a white British guy. Keanu sure. Reeves is predominantly a white guy. Like, There's enough there that it actually looked okay, but also it was... Definitely Keanu Reeves in brown face. I will say I, one of my first notes is how funny it is that his Indian accent is the best accent we've heard him do so far. <laughs> yes, that is true. 
It That's is a good true. point. I still don't think it was spot on, but I think of all the accents that we've heard Keanu Reeves do, this one was by far the uh, believable, the, the right. most believable. Right. Um, so I mean, yeah, he he does have, I believe, Chinese yes, is, is his it. background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um, and some Portuguese, I think, but that's not here nor there. But um, but yeah, so it's not South Asian, but it is some Asian in his in his ancestry. So it's it's not Emma Stone playing a Hawaiian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's, it's not that bad of a of a you know brown faced whitewashing kind of a thing, but yeah. it is it is oh, up boy. there. It is it is tough to deal with. I do think he did a pretty good job, though. Right, that's what I was going to say. Like he was believable. There, I thought his reactions to you know being set free, if you will, from the palace, like that felt authentic, and um, you know, just throughout the, the movie, I. I believed in in what he was trying to convey, and what else can you ask for? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, it worked. Just there's some things, there's some thorns in my <laughs> in my side. Okay, okay. Whitney, do you wanna do you wanna keep continue on uh, what you were? Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I feel like that's close to how I felt about it too. I think that the from what I know, the stuff that was set in the past, all of the like flashback origin story type stuff is pretty historically accurate as far as like costuming and, and set up and everything. It looked very good. It was very pretty to watch. It reminded me a lot of um, the little princess, which mm. she's telling the stories about India to people in the boarding school and they do these flashbacks, but that's a little bit more fantastical mm. because it's a kid making up stories, but it, it it had a very similar feel in the way that it was shot and the way that it was whatever, but it seemed pretty historically accurate. I really, really liked the, the conversations that happened with the main Buddhist guy. Like I, I loved that teacup tea conversation. Oh yeah. So good. And I think that they did hit some some tenets of Buddhism pretty well and, and that kind of stuff. But I, I think that there's no plot. <laughs> uh, okay. There's, there's no, like, beginning, middle, and end of this. It's just... Oh, these, yeah. These kids might be reincarnated this guy. Let's go find them and see if they're reincarnated this guy. And nothing happens. There's no struggle there's no journey there's no whatever it's just literally okay let's do that then and then they do the it's it's i don't understand the point of the the modern day plot line because there is no plot there's nothing to overcome there's no which makes it all so flat and it's why the movie doesn't work is because there's no character development because there's no story. Nothing develops. There's no, you know, struggle. There's no triumph. There's no anything. It's literally just, it's like reading a, like a diary entry for the Buddhists who went to go find the kids. They just found the kids and then they brought them back and then they introduced them all to one another and then they had to figure out which one was the kid they were looking for. Mm. And that's that's not a story. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's events 
And I think that's the problem is this movie has the only story part is in flashbacks. The actual movie itself doesn't isn't a story. It's just events. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I would yeah, I would tend to agree that the the present day stuff was if because this is a long movie. This is this is two two plus hours long. This mm-hmm. might be the longest yeah, I think movie it was we like, watched, actually. I think it was like two thirty seven or something. Yeah, it is a it yeah. is a long film. And I found myself drifting more when we came back to present day. So if we weren't focused on either the monks or the Siddhartha story, I was like, oh my God. It's like, we got to go call yeah. mom. It's like, who cares? <laughs> There's no reason for any of these characters to be involved in anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty much. Pretty much. Why are we hearing this story about the dad? And yeah. we don't oh actually God. get any story about the dad. We don't know how the dad feels about anything. No. He literally never talks about what he's feeling or going through. He just just stuff happens to him. <laughs> he's kind of always in the room or in the background, yeah, helping the kids like, up get onto. Th- they're going, "Oh, you're too small. Let me lift you onto this thing." That is his or role. Like, a ladder. Or rolling his rolling his eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like <laughs> pretty much. disgust was his role. <laughs> I he was incredibly underdeveloped. That is an understatement. He probably didn't even need to be there. For a second, I thought in the beginning when it was just Bridget Fonda, I was like, oh, maybe this guy left and we don't have to. But then he shows up I'm like, oh, all right. I'm sorry. I'll let you finish, Whitney. I agree completely about the dad. He was garbage. So, so yeah, the, the parts of this movie that were hard to get through were the parts where they completely failed to tell a story. The the monks were interesting because they got very charismatic actors, but also because what the monks were saying was interesting. And then the yeah. Siddhartha stuff was actually a story. There was some character development. You saw struggles that he went through. You saw how he processed stuff, and that was actually a story. So that was the most engaging part of the movie. I think that some of it was very beautifully done. I Like I said, I think that there's a lot of historical accuracy in the stuff in the past, which I found very interesting in the and the costuming based on where they were at the time and that sort of thing, all very interesting. It was nice to see this many brown people in a movie about brown people with the exception of Keanu Reeves. It was a very nice cast of of people that you just don't see very much in cinema. And so I appreciated that aspect of it quite a bit. And I I think Keanu Reeves had a very, very, very hard role in this playing buddha is a hard thing to do especially with the like younger stuff and being shielded from everything that's negative and that's very easy to come off as somebody that you can't be empathize with if they've never struggled and they've never felt pain and they don't know what death is or sickness is that's hard to empathize with i think he did a great job of humanizing it Someone that is, you know, has thousands of years of of people sort of lifting them up and not necessarily deifying them, but also kind of deifying them. Like Buddha's a person, but also he's definitely more than a person. In, in um, so I think that he had a very very hard job, and I think he did admirably well at it. Um, there was a little bit too much of like a a gauzy lens smiling peacefully sort of a thing to it for me. But I, I do think that he did a very good job carrying a role that would be hard-pressed hard, hard pressed to find anyone who actually pulled it off. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think I know what you're talking about towards the end with the like the kind of smiley thing as he's kind of reaching enlightenment. I'm like, I don't know if it would I don't know if it would look like that. I don't know. <laughs> so well, yeah, I feel like it happened multiple times throughout the the thing. I feel like his sort of like with the aesthetics where he's, you know, in the woods and meditating and not doing anything, eating anything, drinking anything just to reach enlightenment, whatever. There was yeah. a little bit of it there too. I feel like there was a very story, like fairy tale aspect to a lot of his shots um, that didn't need to be there. Cause it's already, you know, like a pretty dramatic story. So you don't need to make it more fantastical or, or fairy tale like, but yeah, just my thoughts. Nice. I, I agree almost entirely with both of you. I think, I, I, as from what I've heard so far, it seems like we're all kind of on the same page with this movie. Uh, I really enjoyed the Siddhartha storyline, right? And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm curious how long just taken, if you lifted just those parts out of this movie, how I'm long- I'm curious about that too. I thought yeah. about that when I was writing notes. I was like, if you just cut, edited out the storyline of Siddhartha to Buddha- yeah. How much time of the movie is that? If they just, if they focused on that, if it was just like the monks, essentially, trying to decide what to do next, but somehow conveying it through the story, I think that would have been amazing. I think it was great how they opened it, where they're teaching the the young kids. And that's how we opened this story of yeah. Siddhartha. I was like, wow, what a great way to, to kick this off. Yep. I'll go ahead and say, I think the movie is beautifully shot. Clearly, they were on location in Nepal or Kathmandu or somewhere over there because yeah, especially at the end when they're in the city. And I, I don't know. It would. I, it's hard to imagine that that was a set that they built. But just it the wasn't. details of like the prayer wheels and all of that, mm-hmm. just everything you see there, you're like, oh, my God, that's extraordinary. Even when they're in Seattle, and even though Seattle is blue, is <laughs> just unbelievable. Oh my the grade, God. the color grade in Seattle, it it looked <laughs> real. It was almost unwatchable for me. I was like, it's so my eyes hurt so much. I watch in a dark room, so the whole room is blue. <laughs> and unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You need your like computer glasses to watch this movie, right? Yeah. Where are my blue blockers? <laughs> um, right. Uh, I agree. I'm going to say it again, just so we get it on the record again. The dad character, trash, did not like him. It's just not great. <laughs> did not serve too much of a purpose. I thought the mom... No, it was like a, a black hole for my being interested <laughs> in the movie. Whenever was. he was there, my interest was being sucked out of my body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true, though. I thought the mom was... A, a more interesting character, but not not believable. And then sidelines, like, way too early. Like, if the mom would have went yeah. and maybe had some sort of spiritual experience also, then we might have gotten a little bit more of an interesting... Like, the reason why the, the dad went was because, like, okay, his best friend, I guess, killed himself, right? Is that... Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. And then he's like, mm-hmm. I don't have a job now because I worked for that guy. I have nothing else going on. I might as well go to Tibet. Sorry, hun. I know you're a teacher and you're working now. I'll take him over. So I I don't know. I feel like it would have been a better story maybe if the mom had mm-hmm. gone. That's just me. Well, I will say like he was the one that needed to find himself. So I thought it actually made sense for him to go. Because like she was 
she was pretty much invested in the whole idea of these guys like finding her kid. She's like, oh, this is kind of neat. But he was yeah. all like, no, this is dumb. I, you know, I'll, I'll give it up. That, real. Yeah, I'll give it up that she was the one who certainly seemed more open to it. And she played that really well, even though I, I, I just have like, so much doubt about the motive. Like if a if a monk that you didn't know came up to you on the street and asked you, "Oh, <laughs> what day and hour was your son born?" I don't know if you would readily offer up that information. I just if there's a monk hanging around a bunch of kids in a playground, right. you don't what? engage in conversation. <laughs> let alone what is the like exact birth time of your child. Right. Also, he was like. A little strange. He was. If you don't know this super guy. Super strange. If you don't know Literally him, he's Literally watching like all, kids in a playground. <laughs> and, and he's all smiley and giggly. Shows up and, at your house later with no notice. Yes. Also, and, and you just invite like, him in. Yeah, come in. With three other guys. Like, it's three total Fuck strangers. Wild. Come on in. Right? I, uh, <laughs> and the only one who had a lick of sense seemed to be the housekeeper in that situation. She's like, do you need me to go? Can, I'll stay. And she's like, no, yeah. you can go. She's like, no, really? I don't mind staying. <laughs> I right. Don't, uh, yeah, was, that was a weird situation. That was a nitpick. Fine. I thought Keanu <laughs> was pretty good. He brought a certain kind of gr- maybe grace to this role. I liked the childlike, sure. you know, if you're, if you're handed everything and you never know suffering, right? Mm-hmm. How would you play that? You're just like the happiest person in the world. When he first heard that song being played... And you see him start to realize, like, there are things outside of the walls that I'm... He, he's starting to realize he's in a prison. I was like, oh, I like this transformation. I thought that was really great. I will say, probably maybe one of his most physically transformative roles. It looked like he lost a ton of weight at one point during this movie. Like, sure. rib, rib cage, like, like gaunt. I, I, I mm-hmm. don't know if that was, like a double because he was like very hairy but if that was him like that's some christian bale level (laughs) stuff going on there i was gonna say that yeah it's nuts the original (laughs) the og (laughs) fuck it christian um (laughs) and then finally i'll say this and I'll, i'll float this out there and you can choose to agree or disagree with me or whatever here i this movie feels like for keanu i'm get i got like serious Matrix vibes from some of the scenes in this movie with him as Siddhartha. I'm like, I know the Wachowskis really kind of leaned into the the Buddhism and, and all sorts of philosophy here. But I was like, whoa, when he's talking about suffering specifically, I'm like, oh, this kind of has like some Matrix stuff going on. That's all. Reaching enlightenment, all these like themes that we see mm-hmm. later on in his career that he tends to gravitate towards. I'm like, oh, I love this. I love that this kind of sets the groundwork here. So those were my thoughts. I, I, I really enjoyed this movie. It was very long. The present day stuff was not great. But I think overall, yeah, I, I, I had a good time with it. Okay. Oh, yeah. And technically at one hour and 44 minutes, this was just, I, I, I geek out over this shit. There was a split diopter shot, which is like when two different parts of the frame are in crisp focus. It's when the kids were actually witnessing yeah. Keanu and it's like his face and then the mm-hmm. kids in the distance. I was like, oh, yeah. what a cool shot. It's so good. Yeah, I saw that too. Oh, it's so good. I love that. So that was my, technically, I, I like when it was like, here's a fancy shot. Let's just throw it in for shits and giggles. And it worked. I, yeah. I noticed that I loved it. So it was great. I think that's all. 
I, I feel yeah. I feel pretty good about this movie overall. I was a little bit nervous about it, and then I got even more nervous when I saw how long it was because I'm an antsy person. <laughs> right? But, uh, yeah, I was not. I, I only like Whitney. I, I only felt myself pulled away when the dad was on screen. <laughs> Otherwise, I thought it was executed pretty well. I, I like Buddhism. I'm pre I'm predisposed to kind of enjoy this sort of thing. So there we go. Evan. Yeah. I, I, I think uh I think we know what time it is. I do know. I, I hope do. you're I hope you're ready because I sure as hell aren't. I don't know if America's ready. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if any person is ready for What comes next? I'm not. That's the wrong cue. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we got to stop saying it's America's favorite game. It's everyone's. Wait, hold on. (laughs) Let's get to the bottom of this. It's not just America's favorite game. It is not America's favorite game. It's the world's favorite game. This is a a global game. I understand. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot more sense to me now. So, okay. Um, well then, introducing <laughs> for the first time the world's favorite game. Pop quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! You got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Pop Quiz Asshole is our little quizzo show on this game where the host, in this case Evan, asks the participants, Whitney and I, three questions each with the potential for a bonus question if I or Whitney get a question wrong. The other person has a chance to steal. It's very much that simple. One point is awarded per question, and then the bonus is however many points the host determines that question to be. So yeah. we got to go. We made. We might have to start raising the stakes to even the odds here because it's not looking great. The points are well, as such. <laughs> okay. Whitney has 29. Oh, God. Evan has 12. And yeah. I have 14. Our sum has, n- has n- not come close to beating hers. So both it's of our points. There. No, it's not. Because every time we get one, <laughs> she gets one. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Only when she hosts do we have the opportunity if we get everything correct at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh, you're right. All right. Ev, you're 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 leading the charge here. Please. So, we might actually have two bonuses. I'm really oh, going to change that. Boy. Whoa. Okay. Wild West. Uh, all right. So, let's see. Do we know who started last time? I I was hosting. I think it was you. I think you started last time, so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Then then uh then Andrew you're starting. I don't like it. All right. Really sad right. tone. Your first question, a true or false question. Ooh. So that means you can either pick true or false. Okay, okay. it's not both, though. Okay. It's not both. Um, the plot of this movie, which we ultimately determined was weak, um, happened in real life. True or false? Oh, uh, like the search for... Mm. Oh, man. True. Yeah! <laughs> what? Wait a minute. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Were there actually three kids or something like Was it that? Or was it? Was, we just no, talking? it wasn't that much detail. Okay. In All 1996, right. which was after this movie. Yeah. 
um, three years actually after it was released, a four-year-old boy from Seattle was chosen uh, as the reincarnation of Lama Deshun Rinpochet mm. uh, and relocated to Nepal. Whoa, that is pretty intense. Isn't that wild? I'd like to know <laughs> if the monks watched this movie because that would say a lot about why this happened. <laughs> right. They they gave it the thumbs up. I don't even know. I guess they can. Yeah. I. Why not? Why wouldn't they watch it? I don't know. Pretty crazy. Um, all right. Whitney, are you prepared? I don't think I am, but go for it. <laughs> I think you are. Don't be modest. <laughs> right. So we actually just talked about this. Keanu actually went on a crash diet for the emaciated scene in the woods okay. for scenes. Uh, so it was not a body double. Um, during this diet, he only drank water and ate what food? You have three options. Was it fish, oranges, or peanut butter? <laughs> what? Those are all absurd. I'm, I'm going to say oranges. Oh my god! Water and oranges! Yeah, I guess. That was it. I don't know how long. I didn't get to that detail, but that was all that's, he did to lose the weight. That's wild. That is... Yeah. That's some intense... Oh my god! I guess you can get a good amount of nutrients out of oranges. I'll send, I'll take a screenshot. I have the, uh, I have the timestamp of when he's kind of in that state. Cause I was like, I gotta, I, I, again, we don't look anything up beforehand. So, but I'll put that in the show notes. Cause that's, it's crazy how thin he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It's impressive. Um, all right, Andrew. Oh man, we're off to it. We're it's spicy so far. I like it. <laughs> Uh, this question has three options, multiple choice. Who else was considered to play Keanu's role as Siddhartha uh, or, or Buddha? There are three options, as I mentioned before. Was it Marlon Brando, Hugh Grant, or Robert Downey Jr.? <laughs> oh my God. We thought it was whitewashed with Keanu. <laughs> and yeah. one of, any one of these three clowns? Oh my God. I don't mean clowns. You know, yeah. Well, but also clowns. Right. But yeah. Yeah. if they right. were in Hugh this Grant, role. Oh my God. <laughs> Ev, I swear to I I'm going to do the classic me thing and rule that dude out. I swear to God if the answer is Hugh Grant. We're just going to end the podcast here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm going to I'm going to go Brando. Yes! All right. I just figured he, of just skin tones, is the closest. That's all. Okay. Yeah. Pretty <laughs> crazy, though. Can you can you think about that movie? It would have been very different. I can't. I cannot right. imagine what Little Buddha would have been like with him playing Siddhartha. I'm thinking about Marlon yeah. Brando in 93. Yeah, yeah. That's an old guy, first of all. The age feels off, right? Yeah. Now, if it was like he, he passed in two thousand four, and he was eighty. Oh, so he would have been pretty old in ninety three. Yeah, how would he have played the son of anybody, <laughs> right? Oh. At that age, oh. I don't. All right, I felt like Keanu, despite anything else, was at least the correct. He felt like the correct age. Like, oh, okay, he's supposed to be like a young prince king person so. mm -hmm. yeah right okay yeah and i guess rdj probably would have been there too around that age so he was gonna <clears> be <throat> my guess i would never have thought brando because of his age right i, I couldn't picture a 70 year old in that role 
<laughs> yeah, right. Interesting. <laughs> he could have been a contender, though. You Oof, know? Would have been a different story, for sure. <laughs> um, all right, Whitney, we're going to test your gaming knowledge. Yikes. Of which you have some. Some? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so, based on the music... Which game was Raju playing on the Game Boy? Three options. Okay, yeah. Was it Tetris, Zelda, or Super Mario? Super Mario? Okay. <gasps> I didn't have a Game Boy. I never. Oh, so interesting. The Tetris song I know, and the Tetris song has, I think, been the Tetris song for since Game Boy. But I. Don't music wise, I never played Game Boy, so I don't know any of that music. Well, Andrew, do you have thoughts? I'm trying to think about that scene where I'm, they're like mm-hmm. in a crowded market. I I don't know if I was paying enough attention. It's Tetris, Zelda, and Mario. Mario, you said Mario, South Philadelphia, <laughs> Super Mario. Um, I'm gonna go. Zelda, because I don't know. Zelda? It, it was Tetris. Get the fr- okay, damn it. All right, all right, fair. And what's funny, a little follow-up fact there, is when you actually see the Game Boy, it's not even on. But they were playing, <laughs> they were playing the Tetris it. music as a sound effect. Definitely don't remember the Tetris music, and I feel like I would have remembered the Tetris music. Right. Because I can yeah. like picture it right now, the Tetris music, and I haven't played Tetris in years. Oh, man, he's humming it. <laughs> I'll, I'll drop it in. <laughs> yeah, put it in the background. All right. Um, no point. Andrew. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. All right. In 1995, interestingly enough, this movie was nominated for an award. Which award? I'm going to give you three options. Okay. Was it the Golden Globes? Was it the Academy Awards? Or was it the Grammys? Wait, what? Nominated in 1995. It came out in 93. What the? F- yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> uh, oh, boy. I, <laughs> this is uh, the uh, Golden Globe, I'm going to say. It was not. <laughs> you almost said what it was. I almost said it. I almost said it. <laughs> All right. The but Grammys. I'll- that's right. They have some weird multi-year situation. No, can... Sam tracks come out after the movies are released. Oh, god damn it. This movie did have really good music, I will say that. I enjoyed they got it. I enjoyed it. Best instrumental composition. Yeah. That that tracks cuz I I really enjoyed the music here. All right. Okay. Uh Whitney, you'll have three options in this one. Mm-hmm. Roughly how many Buddhists are there in the world? Yeah. A, 1.2 billion, with a B, as in Bravo, or Buddhists. <laughs> B, 360 good. million, or C, 3.4 million. I'm going to say 1.2 billion. Mm. The... <laughs> oh, my God. The, uh, Actually, as an aside, 1.2 is how many atheists there are in the world. Rude. 
Um, hmm. That's not rude. You can be whatever you want to be. I don't care. <laughs> uh, what were the, what was the, th- I'm going to go with the one that started with the three, the three, uh, whatever that number was. They're, the last two started with the three, so. Oh, again? <laughs> three, <laughs> 300, 360 million or 3.4 million. Oh, uh, 360 is the one that I wanted to go with. Okay. Three point three point four belongs to Rastafarians. <laughs> wow, That's a there plan. are three point four Rastafarians. Three point four million Rastafarians in the world. I yes. would not have guessed that. That's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. I honestly thought that the billion number was right. I'm like, think about how many people are in China. I was like, that feels yeah. like the number really. Like, right. I, I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> That's exactly um, what I did in my head too. I was like, well. <laughs> Considering how many people are in Asia and how many people in Asia are Buddhist, like yeah. that seems like easily could have been in the billion area. But, but the well, you know, I found it on the internet, so it's, it's <laughs> so it's accurate. Okay. <laughs> it's um, all right. So as I mentioned, there's two bonus questions. Both of these are worth one point, and both are uh, whoever says it first. Oh, okay. okay. First question: What? Percent of the total budget did this movie gross? Seventy-five. So how much, how much did they? Oh, actually, you can hold your guess. I'm going to give you options. <laughs> okay. So you get another shot. Uh, was it seventeen, eighty-two, or thirty-nine? Eighty-two. Uh, I don't think I can say. Thirty-nine. Neither, neither of you got it. It is seventeen. Wow! This movie. thirty million dollar budget, and they made five million, roughly. Dang! Right. Ouch! That's rough. Yeah. That is. All right. Rough. Last, last question. I'm excited about this because I don't know if either of you caught on. <laughs> the dad that we don't like. What huge uh, hit song did he write? That was what? one of the most. Um, Probably one of the most like amazing music videos from a from like a uh, passion perspective. If any of that is coming on, I'm giving you a lot of hints. Passion perspective. What? Yeah, the, yeah. What you'll you'll get it after about? I say it. I'm not going to give you options, but massive hit song uh, was written by by the father and actor in this movie. Written by and performed and and sung. He's get a, out he's of my face. Group recording artist no uh i'm trying to figure out with the passion clue yeah andrew you're gonna have to play this song in this episode i think <laughs> I'll put you're it, about I'll what put nine it. seconds right we could totally get away with it no one's yeah that i don't we have a license agreement with the uh the recording industry of america it's fine <laughs> um, any guesses? I, I could have no given the options, clue. but I thought maybe would have known the name Chris Isaac because I knew her. Oh. I do not know. I'm not familiar with that name. I for whatever. I'm just gonna. Is it take on me? I, that's all I got. Not, no, that's a good okay. guess. No. Right. Yeah, but... It's under his. his the, the recording. Is, his band was his name, so oh. it was just him. He was oh solo, really? Okay. Well, then I definitely artist. don't know because I don't. I can't think of a song. It's Chris Isaac. Chris Isaac sang Wicked Game. Which... <laughs> oh, oh, my God. What a wicked game to play. 
video is that like black and white of the couple rolling around on the beach with the waves crashing over them. Yeah, that's a very sensual video. I enjoyed that very sensual much. was the word I wanted. To <laughs> Passionate. I was like, oh, what's this happening? All right. Into it. All right, fair. Oh, it's such a good song. Okay. Fun. Um, but now I feel like honestly, I got that last one while we were going through the opening of the show, and I was like, Chris Isaac. Hold on. I I looked it up really fast. Yeah. What a weird uh, pull. It's crazy. So now I have like slightly more respect for him because he never was an actor. Right. He was a recording artist. Well, he definitely wasn't an actor in this movie either. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He might have acted in something, but it wasn't this. So. All right. All right, cool. Where'd we end up? Andrew? Okay, so uh, the points are as such. Whitney. I think that was my worst game yet. <laughs> they, they can't all be great. You got, this, you got the same amount of points for point break, too. So you got two mm. points in this, bringing you to 31. Evan, obviously, unchanged at 12. And now I have 17. I had three points this, this game. Not bad, but we're still, Evan, I told you, we move up, Whitney moves up. (laughs) We got to raise the stakes. We need double jeopardy is what we need. There will come a day. So (laughs) We'll have to figure out once we get closer to the end, once we start to catch up with Keanu, then we can do do an episode that's just like all Keanu trivia. Oh, the game show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Game show version of the podcast. It's just all a chance to, for the points to go like buck wild. Like we can bid points and we can do whatever and double points and and just really go oh go hog wild with it. Holy shit! It's going in the pre-production tonight, team. It's going in the pre-production tonight. Let's just say that. What we need to do is we need to find another person to actually be the game master so that yes. all three of us have the chance to answer questions. Oh, let's get Keanu for that. Yes. <laughs> I'll ask him. It'll be great. We yes. can ask cool. Winter at Winter on Twitter if he would be interested. If he could just relay the message, please. You guys are hanging out a lot. It'll be great. We're asking nicely. Right. Come on. Do us a solid. Yeah. All right. That was Amer- I'm sorry. The world's favorite game. Ooh. So, yes. Yeah. Now we are ready to talk more deeply about this film. Evan. Let's talk plot. Get into it. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So as Andrew alluded to, the the movie opens with this kind of uh, a story from a beautiful book right, that is meant to look like it was handwritten and hand drawn and very old and, and beautiful. Um, and it's what I would call a proverb of sorts, right? It's a story that didn't necessarily take place, but you're meant to learn from it. Um, and it's really explaining the idea of rebirth, right? Reincarnation, a goat that's being sacrificed and ends up speaking to the guy that's making the sacrifice about his previous lives. And this kind of blows the guy's mind and the goat lives. And it, you know, there's a, there's a whole message and a, and a, something to learn from there. So um, while this is happening, the, the kind of the, the head monk, if you will, within this Tibetan, um, do we want to call it a temple that we're in? Kind of Mon- monastery temple. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what the correct exact nomenclature is, but yeah, you, you, you get the idea, right? 
Yeah, Lama Norbu uh, gets a letter delivered to him that he has seemingly been waiting for for a long time, nine years. Um, and it's about finding someone, right? And they now need to go on a mission to go find this person. And we get our, our first glimpse into the fact that that Lama here is ill with something, mm-hmm. um, which is a foreshadowing for sure. Um, and so he starts on his mission, and then there's this moment where he interacts with a, a man on his on his mission who gives him a bowl, and he says that this bowl is very important for him finding this person that he's looking for. Um, and so you're kind of just getting this vibe, this you know feeling of someone literally embarking on a mission, right? They're like walking and traipsing through the jungle, and you know it's just very. It was good. I thought that was cool. Then um, we jump over to Blue Seattle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Very, very Blue Seattle. If someone in this movie held up a, a piece of printer paper, it would look like <laughs> someone had spray painted it with blue spray paint. It was uh, obscene. Um, and something I have to just call it out here. The, so the, the monks are in like a Jeep Cherokee um, driving in Seattle. And something happens in this scene that drives me nuts in movies. And it's when anytime there's a tractor trailer in the shot, <laughs> they play that goddamn horn sound. Yep. And everybody knows what I'm talking about. It's like the one with mm-hmm. the Doppler effect where it, like the sound changes as it goes by you. Yeah. Stop doing that. And there was <laughs> zero reason for this truck to use its horn in this scene. It was literally just a two lane highway and it's driving on this highway next to this Jeep. Why are you honking? <laughs> Let alone hitting it like three or four times because it's a, it's like the bah, 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 you know like that sound and it's, why are you doing that? It doesn't need to happen. Yeah. I hate it so much. Like okay. I see the truck. You don't need to tell me there's a truck there with a sound effect. Anyway. It was not a subtle time in cinema. The nineties. Uh, I digress. No, it still happens today. <laughs> uh, anyway, Seattle. Um, and as we were talking to talking to before. One of the monks meets uh, the mother at a playground. And he's like creepy, happy. Like I didn't. I didn't Loitering around people. a playground. I was yeah. so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's like a, he's almost like Joker. He's like a monk <laughs> Joker. He's like the big smile and, and he's, you know, he's authentic and he's, he's a nice person, but <laughs> us terrible Americans are just like, who is this creep? Like get away from me, weirdo. So uh, that was conveyed for me. And as we said, he wanted to know the date and time of her son's birth um, yeah. for for reasons of kind of determining if he was reincarnated. Um, and then we're at their house, this woman's house. So we now have the wife and these other monks have poured into this beautiful, massive home. Um, in Seattle and the cliffs of Seattle with this incredible view meant to believe that they're, you know, they're well off. Um, and then terrible acting father and recording artist gets home. Um, (laughs) and he's just like, what's happening, right? I don't, why are there these monks in my house? I need a scotch. Um, and it's just weird. It's weird. But the, the boy that they're after, right? That we're kind of Jesse that we are led to understand is, is in their mind, the reincarnation of their former teacher, the monk's former teacher. Uh, he shows up and he's wearing a mask. 
Um, and I don't know. They're just kind of like, there he is. And they go, it's like, um, <laughs> so, but then we are transported back in time. We go to the old days of the origin story of Siddhartha and or Buddha. Right. So he starts as Siddhartha and then becomes Buddha after his enlightenment. Um, but right now we're kind of early days. And then another annoying thing happened in this movie, this scene. <laughs> Did you guys catch this? Um, I, I would love, um, uh, now that I think about this, I would love like bonus episodes where you just tear movies apart for the <laughs> nitpicky things that you. It can't like, happen. Okay, go ahead. I, I did not notice anything, but please. If you are showing a dark starry sky and there is a shooting star, do not put a sound effect <laughs> on a shooting star. <laughs> yes, there were two. Uh-huh. And they were in the middle of the frame, right? It wasn't like, oh my God, who could you imagine if shooting stars actually made sounds? Like <laughs> if you went outside at night, it would be awful. You Like you couldn't camp right. ever. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I understand. That's valid. Oh, I was so irritated. Why? Okay. Um, fun. So we're going through this origin story and there's the mom, right? The, the queen, uh, who is pregnant with Siddhartha has this vision and it, you know, it was like, I thought when I first saw her vision was about this baby elephant. Right. And I thought it was going to be like weirded out, but it, in a way it was kind of like really interesting and, and pretty and, and kind of beautiful how they did this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they were subtly trying to say that she like had relations with the elephant. Did you guys kind of get like a weird vibe of that during that no. story? Like that she laid down with the elephant. Cause I did anyway. Um, <laughs> probably not true. I did not get that, but that he, that he blessed her. Like it was a, you know, I don't know. Th- Didn't yeah. they say that there was like a kiss from the elephant or something? Yes, they did. It okay. was something along those lines, but yeah, I, <laughs> Right. It didn't go well, any further than a kiss, Ev. Okay, great. First base with an elephant. Um, and then the Siddhartha's mother, the queen, gives birth. And this was pretty cool. So this this leaned really heavy into kind of the probably the, the story that Buddhists know very well, but that this tree bowed down for the mother to support her while she was in labor. And then she seemingly gave birth while standing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't know if that was just a, if that kind of occurred back then, but it was something that was new to me. I didn't know if that was actually something that happened mm-hmm. in the old days. Okay. So it wasn't uncommon for you to give birth standing. Nope. Wow. That's wild. Kind of blows my mind. Um, so baby comes out and then there's this really wild moment, right? Where the baby is like ultra advanced from day one. It yeah. is speaking to adults around it. The baby is walking and lotus flowers are blooming in its footsteps. Um, and it's just very advanced, right? And it was cool. I thought it was really interesting. I would actually love to read like the original story and kind of see if they go into deeper detail. Um, so yeah, we we exit the origin story for a minute to learn that Terrible father's friend is bankrupt. And that's it for that current moment. <laughs> just like 
My friend's bankrupt. We're going to lose the house. And you're thinking, and... why did we leave this beautiful story for this <laughs> <Yeah>. bullshit? <laughs> Take me back. Why are we back in blue Seattle? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It was so pretty over in the old days. Yeah, over so in... many like red, gold, brown, yeah. like very warm lush and, and very warm. and 2400 BC, just a great time. Um, and so we go back to those beautiful times and we start to learn about a king that's not ruthless, um, the father of Siddhartha, but he's very hell bent on his son becoming king. And, and he's like, I don't want this. I don't want this kid to do anything else, but be like an epic king. But the mom, the queen is like, no, no, no I saw something in this baby. He is meant for bigger things beyond us. Like he's meant to help the world. And she's so disheartened by the direction that her husband is going that she like falls ill. She's like, no, I, I, this, this is a bummer and there's not much I can do. So um, she gets really sick and then we go back to blue Seattle um, <laughs> where the monks are explaining reincarnation to Jesse, which that's fine. That's important. Um, but back in old times. So we're, we are now 32 minutes, 30 seconds in the movie. And what do we get? Keanu. Yes. Keanu's here. So the, the baby has grown up. Siddhartha has grown up into Keanu a full grown Ke- Keanu. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, he is, he's following the song that Andrew alluded to earlier. And he hears this beautiful song, uh, like a sitar. It's a, it's a woman playing a sitar and she's singing and it's just beautiful. Uh, but it's a sad song. And so he, he realizes from this, he's like, there's a lot more out there. I got to go see what's out there. Um, so we leave there. We go back to Seattle. Um, Jesse goes to a, a Buddhist temple in Seattle with the monks. And he's just kind of hanging out there. Okay, back in old times. Um, Siddhartha is like, I'm out of here. He's like, I got to go see what's out there. Um, and everybody's like, no, 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 don't do that. It's terrible. Don't go out there. He's like, no, no, no I'm going to do it. So he ends up seeing some, the basically the bad side of the town. Uh, he sees these two very old men. Ugh, this was a really cool scene. Um, first of all, the men that they casted to, be, to play those old men were yeah. like incredible. Absolutely. Um, and he follows them because they, it was interesting. They get like rushed away by, you know, the prince's security. They're like, don't, don't let them see these, these miscreants or, or these beggars. Um, but he follows them and, and he ends up getting thrown, like thrusted into this world of despair and poverty and, and labor. And um, question for you two, those guys that were spinning those big wheels with Incredible. the stick. Mm-hmm. So cool, but do we know what that was? Was it a was it a mill? Were they like milling corn or wheat? Do we know what that was? I couldn't. No tell idea. I couldn't tell okay. if it was for that or for pottery of some kind because they had like oh because they, right. they, they were doing focused pottery. on yeah, but I don't like I but don't we know didn't how see that any pottery involved with the the big stone wheels co- they were spinning. exactly. So yeah, it was hard to say, but yeah. Oh man. That was cool. I, I think that was something, this was something that Whitney spoke to earlier, where basically everybody you see here 
I, you have to assume that they, they cast local, actual people yeah. for sure. these things because it was it's unbelievable to see. It, it was actually super heartening to see this many people of color from presumably the land where we are filming be, take an active role in the film. It was it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, it was a really cool part of the movie, uh, and it and it gets to a point where he experiences so much. He sees these laborers he sees the poor he sees the sick and the dying and then he actually sees death and this is presumably what they hint at is it's his first time seeing death which kind of was like whoa that's crazy Mm -hmm. to be what do you think he was in at this point in his life like 19 um yeah i'm just kind of guessing what they were trying to portray there to never have seen death or even to have not even seen right of course lots of people don't see death at that age but know what it was. Yeah. Um, that's even bigger. So um, he sees that they burn the bodies and then kind of release them into the river. And that was a really impressive scene. I don't know why it struck me so much, but it was, it was really well done. It was very well um, done. And then we go back to Seattle and... Dad shows up at the monastery or temple and, and gets Jesse. And he's like trying to be the tough guy. He's like, this is dumb. My son doesn't need to be here. Stop filling his mind with goodness. And <laughs> uh, this is the point where Lama breaks the teacup, right? This is where he tells him that story. Mm-hmm. And it's all about the tea is in this cup now. But if I break this cup, it's still tea. It's just like somewhere else in some other container. Um, and that was interesting. Uh, and then we're back in old times. Siddhartha is pretty pissed at his father. He's like, what the hell? There's so much going out there. Uh, and I'm going to get out of here. Like I have so much more to do now. I'm, I'm inspired to kind of figure this stuff out. Um, and then we go back to Seattle. Dad learns that Evan killed himself. Um, and then we, which actually this was, I'll give this a little bit of credit, the parallels here that they're starting to like that are starting to show up, you know, like Siddhartha saw death for the first time, but kind of started to arrive at peace with it. He was confused, but he didn't necessarily feel pain when he saw that death. He was just like, what is this? And this is interesting. And then we, you know, we see that bad dad actor learns that his friend is dead, but it's very different. But we're kind of getting this idea that, there are meant to be some some parallels in these stories. At least I thought so. Um, so we're back in old times and it's like ultra foggy and everyone fell asleep. Like a sleepy mist took over the whole place. I think like they, Wizard of Oz style. I think those are the exact words. Like a mist, yeah, fell over the land yeah. or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Poppies. Um, and that was a Wizard of Oz reference. <laughs> um, so... Siddhartha's like, let's get out of here. He grabs his his assistant. Um, that was kind of a that was kind of a, a I had an issue there because like everybody was dead asleep, and he just like whispers to his assistant. Assistant like wakes up. <laughs> like, dude, you've been like trampsing around everywhere, shouting for your assistant, and nobody. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, so they they leave and. One of the first things Keanu's character does, Siddhartha, he's like, I don't want these cool robes. These like sweet robes. So he switches 
robes with a with a guy in poverty. So now he's like wearing literally wearing rags. Um, and then this like really crazy scene takes place where he's sitting down and, and seemingly meditating, and he's got these disciples or what is going to be his disciples who are like watching him um, out in like the middle of nowhere. And this giant King Cobra comes up behind Keanu and shields him from the rain. Um, Like if you picture a King Cobra, right? They're the ones that have like the big hood right um, behind their head. And it's, it's a massive snake, like humongous. Um, And it shields him from the rain. I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Who thought of this? This is wild. And then the rain stops. The snake's like, all right, I'm out here. You're welcome. Um, so that's like enough to the men that are sitting around him are like, yo, this guy's legit. Uh, <laughs> let's follow him. So then we go back to Seattle and they basically are considering sending Jesse to, to Bhutan. Um, and then we see like a flight to Bhutan. And this is when dad is like, I'll go. I'll be a, I'll be an all-star father for once and take him over there. Um, old days, Siddhartha decides he's going to stay in the woods like for until he is enlightened. And this is when we see like the emaciated Keanu. Like he's skin and bone. Um, really pretty impressive. Super long hair, kind of what you're imagining, like castaway kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but... An interesting thing happens here where I don't know if they were trying to suggest temptation or what, but this woman ends up like bringing him rice. I forget what draws him to the river. Oh, he hears, he hears a man on a boat talking about guitar strings. Yes. Mm-hmm. That if also, the string's too tight, it so breaks. So good. So good. Yeah. If the string's too loose, it doesn't produce a tone. And he's like, whoa, that's cool. Um, and so he tries to go find this guy, but he runs into this woman that's like, I've got some pretty good rice if you're hungry. <laughs> and he's like, I'm starving. But he still finds enlightenment from that phrase. And his disciples are like, dude, we've been hanging out in this woods for God knows how long. Because you said we needed to. And now you're eating rice. Like, we're out of here. He's like, that's oh, fine. Um, <laughs> so then we're back in current times. We're in Bhutan. Uh with the monks and Jesse's hanging out. He's got his little game boy and we, we are introduced to Raju. I thought that kid was great. Like he yeah. was, he was funny. He was like a scrappy little kid. I really liked him as a character. Um, and he is basically, they kind of, they meet all the other two kids. So the story is all about that. They, they, it's not just Jesse from Seattle that could be the reincarnation. It could be these two other kids that they call candidates. And the three kids end up getting this vision. I think they kind of portrayed it as a vision of Siddhartha sitting under this tree. And they all kind of see this vision at the same time. Um, I was a little confused by that, but this turns into kind of a melding of the two stories, right? Because we're in like current and old times at the same time. But it goes deep into like a pretty legit story, right? We meet these like five daughters um, who are there to tempt Siddhartha, right? This is, I will say, probably a theme across most um, belief structures, right? That 
the person that is that you believe in or the person that you kind of are following, like in Catholicism, it might be Jesus. They're always tempted at one point in their journey. Mm-hmm. And so that was pretty easy to relate to. But it's these five daughters, pride, greed, fear, ignorance, and desire. And they fail. They don't, they don't make it happen. In fact, they fail so badly that they turn into leaves <laughs> that blow away. Um, so that's a bummer. I don't know if they knew that going into it. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, they turn to like dust or leaves or whatever. And basically they're portraying that Siddhartha's like cannot be disturbed. He is so enlightened. He's so above it all that like nothing can get in his way. He sees his himself in the water. What, what some might say like his egoic self, like somebody who's trying to say like what you could be. And like, you know, it it was a little bit of a reference to, you know, seeing yourself in, in the, in the river. That was, what is that? What is that story? Shoot. Totally just left my mind. But the idea of like not falling in love with yourself. Um, Andrew, I don't know if you picked up on it, but you mentioned the matrix. Did you hear a reference to the architect? I did. That was one of the <laughs> things. Yeah. He actually doesn't, doesn't he not refer to himself like the other version of himself as the architect or, or something yeah. along those lines? Yeah. I was like, whoa. It, <laughs> which Keanu also said in the matrix. So yes. Yeah. Oh um, man. That was a, that was a trip. And that, I thought that was really well done special effects wise too. He, he like kind of puts his hand into the water and a hand reaches up and, and grabs his and he pulls himself yeah. out of, he pulls his reflection out of the water. It was, it was pretty well executed. I thought it was nice. Yeah. I was, um, I was pretty impressed with how they pulled that off. It didn't really, it didn't feel fake, like the angle of his hand and everything. And there were just little details that I thought they, they did really well. We basically get to this point where Siddhartha becomes Buddha. He like gets to such a place that he is like, I've done it. I'm, I'm completely enlightened. I'm here. I've arrived. We go back to Bhutan. So current time. And it's, it's at the, the monastery, if you will. And all three of the candidates are there and they're putting them through these various tests. Like they have to pick a hat and they have to, do some other things. Um, and then I got really confused in the movie right here because they're like, they finished their tests and they're like, great, we're going to go reveal the kid. And it's like, it's Raju. And yep. then they're like, nope, it's Gita. And then they're like, huh? Nope. It's also Jesse. <laughs> and it's like, actually it's all of you. And I don't know. I kind of got annoyed by that. It's like, what? Like, he took me on this entire journey to find, like, the guy, the person. And it's like, everybody gets a trophy kind of thing. <laughs> I know that I know that they were saying that it was, you know, that they all embodied, like, different things from the teacher yeah. separately. But, I don't know. I you would have preferred just one of them is this person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's easy, right? I don't know. I'm fine with that either way. I feel like it would have been pretty good if they just picked one. But apparently this guy was, he, he was a great teacher. So he, you know, you got to spread, you know, you get the, yeah. was it the, like too the much mind, for one person. the speech and the, 
Spirit. Yeah, soul. I, I'm yeah. I'm messing soul. it up. All the Buddhist people, really. Yeah, I don't. Sure. I don't know. That's the only thing about this movie that I don't know whether or not it's accurate. Like, I don't know if you can be reincarnated into three children. That doesn't sound right, right to me. But I also don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah, and I remember <laughs> yeah. there was a line where they wrote it off. Where like it's like he always was a joker, like a, like a tr- he's such a trickster. Like <laughs> justified ah, it. Is that it? Like he chose, <laughs> uh, and that was yeah. Uh, uh. His last joke got you guys three kids. <laughs> Narcissus. God, that's what I couldn't think of. Oh, Ooh, that's right. That hurts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Echo, right? Two of those to people. be narcissistic, right? Like Narcissus saw himself in the river and all that. That's, I think, what they were trying to get at when he saw himself in the puddle. Sure. Um, then we see that the father meets with Lama, who goes into a dying meditation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was crazy. That was like wild. So Lama Norbu, who's kind of the the head guy, he starts meditating and it, and there's basically an undertone that like, he's ready to move on. You get that vibe for sure. Yeah. It was like a little bit of closure. He found the teacher, right? He's right. His mission is he's, he's free now. Right. But this is all taking place during like a pretty massive celebration of finding these children. Um, and so yeah, Lama Norbu is like cross leg meditating as you might imagine and then passes away um and i don't know it was just it was interesting i really thought that the father was going to arrive at much more enlightenment if you will or right well that seemed to be the point of the movie for most of the movie was like yeah the father's story as his kid is going through this and as he steps away from like the steel and the whatever and the architecture and the high powered career and the trappings of life that aren't important and goes with this kid on this adventure and learns about Buddhism and his friend and business partner kills himself because he went bankrupt and like all of those things. It seems to be saying this is about this guy learning as his kid goes through this process about like spiritualism and what's really important in his life. And then he doesn't actually do that. Yeah, not cool. Like not I don't that that annoyed me because to your point, Whitney, like he there was such an opportunity to arrive at that and just bring closure to that to that story, to him being like uptight and whatever in his own head. And and even earlier in the movie he was like questioning everything about what the monk said. And even if they just could have had him say like Oh my God, I get it. Like this is, even if he doesn't say, I want to be a Buddhist, he's just like, this makes sense. Like their belief. But anyway, if I had done the movie, (laughs) Um, so then they seemingly divvy up Lama Norbu's ashes among the three children in these cool little wooden boxes. And the children take them to different places. So, Raju takes it to where did he take it? Puts it in a little baggie. Balloon. Balloons. Yeah. It's all of the, I have to assume it corresponds to the elements. So he was burned and then you have the other three. So the one 
goes in the uh, the ocean or a body of water. The balloons is air, and then Earth is she. Uh, Gita puts it on a tree or like in a gar- around that tree where he found enlightenment, I guess, or symbolism yeah. of that tree. Yeah, yeah, with our powers combined. <laughs> Don't not Sid Artha. No, uh, he is sorry. not Captain Planet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm so sorry. Then, uh, yeah. So Jesse ends up being in the water in Seattle off of their pretty cool looking boat. I'll add that. It was a neat boat. And the movie closes on a little bowl of ashes floating into some sound in Seattle. So, um, that was it. You know what I wanted to happen in that moment was for the bowl to go against the current. That would have been pretty cool. Nah. Because it did it did that earlier in the movie. No, when he's like, nah. <laughs> that would have been dumb. That's a gimmick. Don't do that. Don't do that. But, but then yeah. everybody on the boat. But then the dad could have been like, <gasps> it's real. <laughs> but then the dad would have had a story arc and we couldn't have that. Right. <laughs> Illegal in this film. Right. Yeah. It would have broke tradition. So. so yeah, roll credits. Yeah, that's it. Again, I, I think we all agree. Like there are parts of this movie that are equal parts beautiful and mm-hmm. really well executed, and then there are other parts of it that these are the times where I'm like, I am an editor. Let me just take some of these parts out. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I might, I might try that at least take the Sid Arthur parts and just see like, we got a tight 45 here. This is a great, great short film, right? Yes. Yeah, well, you can get yeah. it well with, done. Get it into theaters. <laughs> right. It's a re-release. And you won't call it little Buddha. You just call it Buddha. <laughs> Littler Buddha. I believe. Littler Buddha. <laughs> Honey, oh, I shrunk the Buddha. <laughs> yeah. Short little Buddha. So, so overall, I mean, like, I don't think that I recommend this film. Okay. Um, Unless I think, unless someone is asking me about the very, very basic surface level tenets of Buddhism, because I I think that it was pretty, I got some stuff out of it, but I also, it was painful to get through at some points. And I just really feel like with no character arc, with no one learning anything or triumphing over anything or failing at anything, it's just not a movie so I can't really recommend it as a movie because I, I just didn't get anything out of it. Hmm. I, I don't necessarily like regret having seen it. So if it comes up in a conversation, I would maybe recommend it to people. But I would definitely, I think on average, say you don't need to see this. I am probably right there with you. I think, you know, off the top of my head, I can't think of a movie that deals with Buddhism at like this high, this very high, wide level. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it exists. Like, I'm sure a quick Google or just go on Netflix and do a search for Buddhism will get you 90% of the way there. <laughs> Maybe yeah. watch that movie. If you like Keanu Reeves and Buddhism, if that's the Venn diagram. So basically, if you like Buddhism, you might you might like this movie. I don't know. Everybody likes Keanu Reeves. So <laughs> yeah, this is this is going to be a pass. For me, it's very yeah. long, and while there are parts of it that I really enjoyed, and I'm predisposed to the the, the Buddhist side of it, I, I think most people would be supremely bored through this movie. Yeah, that's fair. 
I, yeah, I don't recommend it. Oh, my goodness. That is two films in a row with no recommendations. What is happening? What is happening? I have a feeling that's going to change next week. But before we get uh, to next yeah, week. Yeah, I think it will. <laughs> wait, we got to know. Where does this fit in your rankings before we get to next oh, week? Oh, man. This is going to yeah, be so, an interesting one. So I put it at um, number eight between Dracula and River's Edge. Oh, okay. Fun. I wow. think I would rather watch this again than watch River's Edge again, but I definitely would rather watch Dracula again. I know that for a fact, so I put it right there. That's kind <laughs> of how I've been doing it is like, which would you rather watch, River's Edge or Little Buddha for a second time? And then I'm like, well, probably Little Buddha. And then I'm like, there you go. There's your answer. Why? Yeah, I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch Dracula again. So I'm putting it above that, but at the same place as you. Absolutely insane. I'm going uh, number twelve. It's not even in my top ten. Um, okay. This for me falls in between Tune In Tomorrow and Dangerous Liaisons. I feel oh, maybe I would want to watch Dangerous Liaisons more than this. I don't know. That if might be we, a reckoning question. Yeah, if only we had a reckoning on the horizon. <laughs> uh, we will. We'll talk more about that next week. I'm really excited for that. So for you two, it's actually in the top ten. For me, just outside. Not you know, it's subject to move. I, I, I'll, let's just say that much. Yeah. I definitely need to change this because I think I definitely enjoyed Tune In Tomorrow, as weird as that was, a lot more than Little Buddha, and that's way below it on the scale. So I definitely mm. do need to to adjust some stuff here. Tune In Tomorrow is one of my biggest regrets because in retrospect, we're so next week we'll be like about a third of the way through the entire Keanu Reeves catalog, right? That's Almost, wild, right? That's crazy. Tune In Tomorrow is my biggest regret. I was like, I, in retrospect, I really enjoyed that movie a lot, and I gave it the shaft. So it'll certainly move up on my list. I did not enjoy it a lot, but I did enjoy it, which is more than I can say for quite a few of the other films that we've watched. (laughs) A lot of the early ones, I did not enjoy watching. So I I definitely, I, I had fun with some of the parts in Tune In Tomorrow, I think some of it was buck wild and didn't make any sense, <laughs> but I, I did have fun in parts. And, and when it started and it was like the radio announcement, reading the credits and, and Keanu and those snazzy outfits from the South and just like, I, there's a lot of it that I like that I think I need to, that's probably going to be the biggest change in the reckoning is tune in tomorrow, jumping up quite a bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to mm. go ahead and agree. And maybe a couple of these other ones. Uh, well, yeah, we'll get there. So. We'll get there. Pretty soon. So next week. Next week. I I don't think I have to ask if we've seen this. Whitney has the incredible honor of of walking us through the movie that perhaps defined him as a huge, huge star. We're talking about Speed. Speed. What a phenomenon that movie is. I think so. We've all seen this, right? Oh yeah. Uh-huh. And we, I, I'm sure we know. We know a lot about this movie. I, I just want to say, right up front, I have these numbers in front of me here. Critically, Speed is tied for first place with wow. two other movies that wow. we have watched already at ninety three percent. Yeah, it is unbelievable <laughs> how okay. how much the critics love this movie. Yeah. 
And the audience is is a little bit lower, 76%. I would have flipped that, That's I thought. Weird. But That's yeah. weird. I know we're going to talk in depth about that movie a lot more next oh, week. Yeah. I'm super, super jazzed. Um, I am. I guarantee there's the trivia is going to be insane for the world's I'm favorite game. Legit. Yeah. So. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go go deep for speed trivia because I'm excited <laughs> about doing it. Oh yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Can't wait to lose. Every- <laughs> Can't wait for our combined points to still not add up to Yeah, this. let's shoot for zero next time. I'm into it. I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll rule out the answer every time. Guaranteed. <laughs> you got Hugh Grant. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. All right. Podcast would have been 40 minutes long and we would have been done. So, all right. This feels great. I like I, I like our discussion about this. It was awesome. If you are a practicing Buddhist, I put this out here earlier. I would love to know, as a practicing Buddhist, if you believe it accurately represents like a like a look at your religion, like fairly, not religion, your belief system. Fairly. I would be super curious about that. And I'm sure they ha- are more familiar with the story of Siddhartha as well. So if it was an accurate portrayal of, of that story. So this was done by an Italian director, you know, I, who probably just came across Buddhism in his, as a fun story that he wanted to do. So I wonder if he paid it the appropriate amount of respect. That's all. I'm curious. If that's you, get in touch. You can find our website at coolbreezepod.com and access all of our episodes, the list of films we're reviewing, and much, much more. You can also reach out to us by emailing coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hitting us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you think this is a podcast you can get behind, please give us a subscription on your preferred platform and a review would be outstanding. We will be back next week with a wonderful film. But until then, Whitney, where are you on the internet? Um, I have a lot of podcasts. I'm feeling very... Uh, like, this has been going on for a very long time, this episode, but maybe that's just because the movie went on for so long. So I'm just going to say, follow me on Twitter, Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N, and you can find all of my other podcasts there. Perfect. Perfect. Evan? Yeah. Where are you on the internet, my friend? Oh, you know, just uh, Instagram, tweets. Just, uh, you know, look up Evan Acree. You'll find me. Perfect. Perfect. Are you on the dark web by any chance? I can't tell you that. <laughs> that is the only correct answer to that question. Truly. Yeah. Really. You can find me on the internet in most places at Dark Driving. I just recently like redid my uh, whole website situation, and uh, I'm pretty proud of how that turned out. So check, take a look at that. That's really fun. That's great. Shows off some of the cool video work I've been doing. And then uh, I have a email newsletter called Coffee and Cameras. You might also be interested in. It's all on the website. Just go there. Just go there. Just go there. So with all of that said, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode and every episode by my co-hosts. And I realize now that I did not, uh, I don't have the notes for what I was going to call you guys. So, shit.
<laughs> Stand by. God damn it. What a twist. We were doing so well. This is the first time ever that you have not been prepared. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about, yeah, that's actually, that might be true. It's, it's very rare. <laughs>